Welcome to the GNT Show. All right, welcome everyone to another wonderful week in the world of rugby league in the GNT Show. Another quiet week with nothing much happening in the world of rugby league. And once again, <laughs> I am joined by my host with the most, a man who once tried to overthrow the federal government from Belmore Car Park, G. That coup is still going. I'm struggling. Well, I think the Players Association could do with some of your skills. Although we do need a vaccination centre, Belmore Car Park could be an appropriate location. I think people want the injection in their arm, though, G. Okay, that's all right. So yeah. you mean that getting one in the buttocks and growing bigger muscles doesn't work? Yeah, especially when it's not actually a vaccination centre. I don't <laughs> okay. think I don't, I don't, I don't actually think it's going to have the desired effect. I think it's just going to lead to another court case for you. Okay, just fle- flex those muscles, TK. <laughs> correct, correct. All right, so where do I start with this quiet week in the world of rugby league? Um, can I just say something <laughs> off the bat? Can I just... The charges against Jack DeBellin getting dropped may have been the least noisy story of the week. Unbelievably. (laughs) Unbelievably. Should we start with the Jack DeBellin case? Charges were dropped. You know, I just hope everyone can move on with their lives. Again, my, my, my thoughts and prayers, as always, are with the victim. And I hope this is the last we see of this type of behavior in rugby league. Yeah, and I mean... Honestly, Danny Wyatt actually made a good point in his article, surprisingly, on, on the Sunday where it's like, you know, everyone suffered through this in various ways. And everyone can move on their life, on with their lives, and hopefully in a positive manner. Whether he was guilty or not, she clearly felt yes. like, you know, so, so that's what you've got to play in this, right? Of course. So I hope she can get on with the rest of her life. Because Jack DeBellin's about to pick up a $3 million contract over four yeah. years from the Saints. And she so. went to the trial twice and went through the ordeal over and over and over that's again. Right. So, that's right, that's right. So, you know, our thoughts and prayers again with the victim, but hopefully we can move on and hopefully she, the victim can move on. So uh, another piece of news that caught my eye, and there was such a massive news this week, and, and again, it was quiet in the context of the world of rugby league, is um, Saints not offering Matt Dufty a contract. Incredible is all I have to say about that. I mean, I don't know if they've seen their attack without him, but it's... What's the word I'm looking for, G? Shit is probably a pretty positive word for it. It, It's non-existent. It's it's genuinely non-existent without him there. They unbelievably, T, have evidence over two seasons of games with Matt Dufty and games without... Unless they're watching something else. What are they watching? What's Anthony Griffin watching? I don't understand what he's watching. I can tell you what he's watching. He's watching videotapes, and that's how long ago it was, of his 2008-2009 Broncos under-20s team. Who's he going to bring back? Paul Hoff. No, but probably um, everyone else. I've got a list. He's pretty much brought half the team back in his Saints team. How many of the players has he brought back? You've got the list in front of it. Yeah, yeah. Jared Beale, Tarek Sims, Ben Hunt, Corey Norman, Josh Maguire. (laughs) Need I go on? (laughs) It's, it's, it's like anyone else. The team is his 2018. Andrew McCulloch. Oh my god. Yeah. The, oh this yeah. Bloke, how is this bloke a first grade coach? I don't know. <laughs> and the one player who makes a difference in attack. No, we're gonna, we're thinking of moving on. If you were Nico Hines, why would you go to the Dragons? Other than the money, I would absolutely go no go nowhere near the Dragons at I all. Would go nowhere near the Dragons. I mean, I mean. I mean, I hear D- Dallin Wateni's Lesniak is on the market, though. That's okay with me. I'll actually pick him up and drive him to the dra- to Cogra. Well, the rumour is the Tigers are going to get him. Well, that's okay. I'll drive him to Leichhardt. Can I ask you a question? What is the question Madge Maguire is asking himself where Dallin Wateni's Lesniak is the answer? 
Is it the def- the incredible defence he's shown for you guys over the last two seasons? The ability to not drop the ball and make the right reads in defence. His attacking prowess. What what part of his game at the Bulldogs has attracted him to the Tigers and Madge? Probably better than the wingers they got at the moment, sadly. Well, Norfolk is good one way. If the game was only played in attack and he could sub off like the NFL players, he'd be great. <laughs> he'd be great. Hey, it's a, we've handed the ball over. I need the defensive. We're going to come on the field. We're going to get to the big news as well. So I want to cover the little news first. first, first well, Blake, Blake, Blake Green retired abruptly. Blake Green retired. So great career. Great career for his skills. I didn't. I never thought he was a top echelon half. No, he was very, very highly regarded. But he, as but a he proved himself into. He turned himself into a fantastic game manager. He did, and um, probably took him a while to get a real fair shot. I think there was a, expectations on him were too high when he first came out. Fe- eventually, like you say, found his way and kind of played a really good role in some good teams. I think you know his body's just given up on him, and he can't he can't um, keep it up. I think the Bulldogs will bring him out of retirement. Well, Trent Barrett went after him last year, so probably the case. Yeah, well, we got both our teams went poorly this week, so I've got a rant coming up about the Eels and Brad Arthur, but. I'm I'm doing this in order of the news. George Williams? No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet, okay. No, no, it was a massive week. Shall we cover the COVID outbreak in Melbourne that forced State of Origin to be moved to Townsville? That was probably forced by Peter Volandis. Peter Volandis said, thou shall not have origin in Melbourne. Sadly, there's another outbreak in um, Victoria and hopefully Thoughts and prayers to our Victorians. Yeah. God, they, what is it about Victoria that they keep stuffing know. this up? Mind you, it came from South Australia to begin with and then it spread from there. So. Well, someone told me, someone told, told me they don't have like the Service New South Wales app because that's quite a good app, right? It's consistent. It's everywhere. You just scan it with your camera. Your details are there automatically. It's got check-in, check-out. It's better than the COVID tracking app. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Has that caught anyone? Has that caught anyone? No. Uh, obviously not. I don't think it's as, as good as the Service New South Wales one and they've sort of suffered a little bit, but hopefully this lockdown doesn't last No, but if they're relying on paper, if they're trying to chase Mickey Mouse back to wherever the outbreak is, like that's going to be hard, right? Yeah, because everyone thinks they're a comedian, even us, right? So when you log in, you're kind of like, hey, my name's T, I'll switch it to G and then I'll switch it to T. To T. Are you no signing in places as me? No, I'm not. I'm glad. They know all my movements. Well, I had my first shot last week, as you know, after the pod. Yep. So I'm, I'm eagerly waiting my second shot and, and getting vaccinated and doing my bit for the community. Have you had your shot yet? I am going to book in to have it. Are I'm you? just waiting Are to you? see whether you die or not first. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you and my Panthers fan at home. Of course. Is, you're both waiting to see. <laughs> We're waiting for um, <laughs> the result. Real, real world evidence, as they call it. Yes. In the medi- me- this could be profession. the G and the Panthers fan show next week. Correct. That's right. <laughs> if, I'm not, if I'm not around. If, so. if you're back next week, I'll book in. I mean, the interesting thing was uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk paid $8 million to stage the game in Townsville. I didn't read that part. All I read was the news that it got moved, which I actually think is a good thing. I think it's great to have it at Townsville, to be honest. Great. But the first two origins are in Queensland. How's that fair? Oh, have you seen their team, mate? Oh, they might win. No, I have actually seen their team. Yeah. And I've got a rant about That's my next thing. Okay, that's a good segue. The state of origin teams. Let's cover that now. Oh, you want to cover that now? Okay, I'll yeah, well, that I'll, the well, end. We can either do it now or we can cover it at the end. Which way do you want to do it? Yeah, we'll cover it at the end. So let's move on to the two big stories of the... I can't believe we've gone through all of that. Just to get to these stories. George Williams. Yes. What 
Aisha Mozel. Oh, mate, I don't know what's going on. One week he's homesick, then apparently he wants to stay. They're, they're all going to Wigan. All the players that are homesick are miraculously going to Wigan. He wants a release. They give it to him immediately instead of the end of the season. Yes, and he's complaining. He's complaining, and Josh Hodgson then comes out and gives an interview to the Ra- to the Daily, Daily Telegraph defending George Williamson, what a great bloke he is. Yep. Um, without telling the club. It was an unsanctioned interview. No one in the club knew he was giving the bloody interview. And he spoke to the Daily Telegraph, a la Joey Leilua, before he let his club know. What a disaster. What is going on down there? And then you've got all Ricky's mates in the media. Oh, yeah, I know. Hooper, Kent, all these guys absolutely just laying the boot into George Williams. Yes, I know. And I, I, it was completely over the top. All, all the press that I read was, you know, we've we've stood by him every inch of the way. We understand he wants to be with his family. We're going to let him go. Then apparently George Williams doesn't want to go. And I'm thinking, what? After hearing he's been homesick for like a month and, and wanting an immediate release, now all of a sudden he doesn't. No, he didn't. Apparently he wanted a release at the end of the season. Well, that's the bit his mates in the media conveniently left out. What? Ricky's mates? I mean, it's actually getting Yes. Real. The News Limited bias... He's actually so transparent, and we'll talk about it with Paul Kent as well when we talk about the other major issue of this week. But when the journos start becoming the issue, when they start becoming the headline, that is a sad state of affairs for a sport. The journalist is there to report on the sport, not become the headline. Agree. I mean, they can give their opinion, their take, which is great. I think it's good to have that variety, but when they're kind of... I mean, they did say George Williams is homesick. They didn't say he wanted a release at the end of the year. That's come out after... The Raiders have said, oh, we've accommodated his requests or whatever. So now it's just a mess. And you don't know who's telling the truth. I mean, he's completely lost the dressing room. He must have completely lost the dressing room. I think so. It sounds like it. I mean, it was the same again against the Roosters. They were up 10-0 after 30 minutes. It's 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 replayed the last oh, eight oh, yeah. weeks. Oh, no. Great start. The Raiders might win. And then it's like 30-10 to 10 at full time. Yeah, correct. They could see like 42 <laughs> points in 51 minutes. Like, yeah. this is the way it ends for Ricky everywhere. Yep. I agree. I I think they're probably going to keep him and try to clean house, but I don't know if that's going to work. Let me tell you, as a Parramatta fan, where Ricky tried to clean house by using an overhead projector and said, if your name's not on this list, you'll, you won't be here next year. I don't think he's the right person to clean house with. If you don't agree with his approach to doing it on an overhead projector, you, <laughs> you must at least project- object to the use of technology. Okay, fair enough. And that brings us to the greatest news story <laughs> this year. A coup by the well, senior players? We have been calling him the Emperor. Oh, it's it's true. It's For not a For those joke. of you that have seen Julius Caesar it's not a joke. in the Roman court, it is being lived out again in modern times by the modern Emperor, a man who was cyberbullied a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Peter Volandes. Can I just tell you something about this player revolt? I know Peter Volandes is tight. He's going to double down. He's not going to back down. He's going to go... Fuck you guys, I'm going to go run a third sport. And oh. he's going to become the head of the <laughs> AFL. He's in the Volandis' solution to this. I'll show you. Is, I'll show you. Not only can I run two sports, I'm going to run the AFL as well. We'd like to introduce the new commissioner of the NBA, Peter Volandis. The league needed he, him or his type in a way, but if you're making changes to the game, wouldn't you think you consult the players? I mean, I agree with the players. I I agree. I mean, who implements change this way? I mean, yes, he did a good job last year. He sent them an email. Remember that a few um, 
Oh, no, but in fairness, before. he sent it to them 11 days before he implemented yeah, no, the lockdown, yeah, that's right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was like <laughs> May 5th and then May 14th, yeah, everyone's correct, getting sent correct. off. So, I mean, and he did it before Magic Round. Yeah. And you know what the other thing is? I read during the week, and this is the where the players have got the issue. Again, no one in rugby league, for whatever reason, it's because our, all our dialogue and conversation as a rugby league community is dominated by buffeds, like the buffeds that cover it for the Daily oh, Telegraph. Yeah, I know. And, and, and the talking heads on TV, that the sensible talkers are actually drowned out. The people that do the proper analysis are actually drowned out by the <laughs> buffed behaviour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What I read during the week is there's actually been some concussion studies done on rugby league. I, I don't think they're a large enough sample size. But what they showed was 60% of concussions happen to the defending player. Interesting. So you haven't right? even read so, that So anyway. you get your head in the wrong position, you oh, hit course. a knee, head yes. clashes, those types of, yeah. from your own player, those types of things. So this is doing nothing. This is doing nothing to eliminate that, right? And so where the players are actually coming from is, we agree with you. We want there to be less concussion in the sport. But go away, do a proper analysis, present the results, let's agree a way forward, and we can implement it in the off-season and train, which seems like a sensible change management strategy. Instead, what you've got is a No, don't be silly. (laughs) Two tablets standing outside the front of the rugby league community and saying, thou shall not be any more headshots. And then, so Clint Newton went, the head of the Rugby League Players yep. Association, the players are trying to overthrow him, went on Triple M, had an arguing argument match with Paul Kent on Triple M. What was Paul Kent's problem? He's, he's sticking up for his mate Volandis. You know what? They can be both right. Peter Volandis wants to protect the health of the players. Great. But you need to consult the players. Like, how about what they think? Like, what the hell? Knowing the players... You know, this is this is such notables as Tavita Pangai Jr., who's made some questionable decisions in his play. Joey Leilua. I think they'd get Blocker Roach to do it. No, I think it'd be Jonathan Thurston. No, it wouldn't be Jonathan Thurston. Who do you think it would be? I have no idea. It's a good question. Fatty. <laughs> do you know what? <laughs> they bring Fatty back to the. He used it. to play the fool, but when he had any serious hat on, he actually. Oh was yeah, he knows his footy. He knows his oh, footy. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just he played the bit of the buffet role, but. Probably Matty Johns, and then you talk about the issue for one second and start laughing. I, I actually think Matty Johns has got a great footy brain, but I love this sport. I grew up with this sport. It's I love great. it. There is no no other sport that matches the human drama of this. No, right? it doesn't. But what on earth? Where do we find these people? I think Peter Valandis has the right idea. I just think he needs to listen to the get the players' input. No, he's going to double down, mate. But they're the stakeholders of the game. They play the game. You know, he's doubling mean... down. Peter Volandis, the new head of World Rugby, as well as the NRL and Racing New South Wales. Look, sometimes you're going to have comments like James Graham's with that, like, if we get hit, we, we're happy to take it because it's a tough game, blah, blah, blah. So it doesn't mean they're right, but at least let them have their say and their input. Like, I mean, it's impacting them directly. It's just nuts. I mean, I just like the idea of them in the middle of the night breaking into rugby league headquarters, changing the locks, and Volandis can't get in the next day. This is exactly like the parents that we grew up with, the ethnic parents. There is no negotiation. This is the grandparents, all. yes. Zero. I know. That's why I'm saying to you, they will double. he will double down. I know this behaviour. He will be the head of the NBA as well. <laughs> it's... And then if they complain, he'll then take on the ATP tour. He is going to die on this patch, mate. Andrew Webster's article was, oh, how do we remove a director without naming him in person? <laughs> we're not going to tell you who we're talking about, but it's the guy making all the decisions. One of the articles was great where they mentioned that he, they were complaining. Andrew Abdo was complaining about they've spent two years on the State of Origin documentary. And, oh, and the Players and the Association <laughs> say we got it last Saturday. <laughs> 
bit of a timeline difference, I think. Oh, <laughs> That's my brilliant. God. I mean, I mean, two years working on it. Wouldn't you at some point approach the players? <laughs> well, yeah, they did right at the end. Nearly 700 days later. I mean, <laughs> that made me laugh. I'm like, this is great. This is great. But in the press, it's like, hey, we, we, we've been working on this for two years. Strangely not mentioning they told the players. They interviewed the Rugby League Players Association. Really? We got it presented to us last Saturday and State of Origins uh, next Wednesday. Mate, <laughs> mate, it's great. Rugby League, the gift that keeps on giving. Although he's well supported by Wayne Bennett. And this is actually a quote which I thought was great. Oh, Wayne Bennett. He gave four words. I love Volandis. Well, actually, this is after. I love Volandis because... Meetings take minutes, but they waste hours. <laughs> so he's all for the action. Very good. No consultation with the players. Go, Wayne. It's just the drama <laughs> of this sport. And it's like it's like a quiet week. Like, And then they, oh, go, yeah. they go nuclear. No, there was a quiet week last week, so now they've gone all crazy. That's what happens. Full moon. It, it was is a full, full moon. moon. It was super moon. I don't know about everyone listening, but it was a bad week. All the crazies were out last week. All right, shall we move on to the round 12 yes, games? Yes, we should. Yes. All right. So first up was the Broncos Storm, who the the first time round in this fixture they lost forty to twelve to the Storm. The Broncos did, but this time they only lost forty to twelve. So a one try better performance for the Broncos. They've shown miraculous improvement over. Do the you know what the what, the weeks. weird thing is? They were a well, lot better. They were a lot better, and and they lost forty to twelve. Yeah. The, here's what I say. Right. Here's my notes. Broncos fought well and stayed in the game for the first thirty minutes, trailing only six nil after a superb solo effort by Brandon Smith. But then they made some poor errors in the Storm red zone, which the Storm capitalised in on. So in the last 10 minutes of first half, they scored three tries and Nico Hines was amazing. And they actually went into halftime 16-0 up. Another error by the Broncos in the first set after halftime led to George Jennings scoring untouched to make it 22-0. That killed the game off that one. That was done. And, and then Cooper Johns scored in the first set after the kickoff to make it like it's like... 47th minute, yep. and they're down 28 nil, right? Really, the game petered out from there, finishing 40-12 to in the end. As I mentioned, the Storm beat the Broncos 40-6 to in round four, and this was the seventh game out of 12 where they where the Melbourne Storm have actually scored 40 points to show you the disparity in defences. I thought Nico Hines, Brandon Smith, and Jerome Hughes were clearly the best on ground. It's just a golfing class. The Storm got out to an early lead, and then they were in second gear. The game kind of petered out for me. There wasn't a lot more in it for me. No, I think that's pretty much it. Like you, I thought the Broncos started quite well and they hung in for quite a while. I thought that in attack, they looked pretty good, but Albert Kelly had the fumbles. Well, they just kept dropping the ball. Yeah, it was dropping everything. So they never really got the opportunity to You know what I think it advantage. is? It's anxiety. They get in that position. They go, if we don't get a try here, like, you know, do they know their defense can't hold? Some of it. I thought Albert Kelly was getting himself in the right position, but like you say, it was kind of almost too eager. They didn't score. And then, like you said, as soon as the Melbourne towards the back end of the half scored those three tries... Then that was it. The Broncos' heads dropped. And as soon as George Jennings got that, almost immediately after the restart, then the game just went into slow-mo. And Nico Hines was popping up and sort of just, you know, playing whatever he saw and popping up in different areas of the field and just facilitating their attack. Debut of Rabadi, or Rabadi, I had a good look at him, was interesting. A real athletic specimen, which matches the Broncos' sort of recruitment that they have. Not necessarily football players, which might be their issue. I think that's it. I think you've hit the nail on the head for the Broncos. I think they've got a lot of athletes and no footy players. Jesus, Anthony Milford, his confidence, we've talked about it before, but it is gone, gone. Like, it's so scared to do anything. So, same, same. But the, strangely, the Broncos are better than they were ordinary, 
earlier in the year, but once they got behind, that's it. Their heads dropped and it was done. And Melbourne, again, just too good. Too good. All right, well, let's move on to the early... Can I just say, secretly this year, the 6pm Friday night games have actually been consistently the best games of the round. Yeah, and I it was, know. I don't think it was any different this time round no. either, right? This was a great game. It was, and it was the inverse of the one at Gosford where the, the Warriors blew them off the park first and this time the Warriors blew them off the... The Cowboys blew them off the park. Correct, correct. I mean, it was just, it was just the topsy-turvy game. The Cowboys dominated in the first half after the Warriors scored with just their second set through an U and A can try. No, Cody Cody Nikarima magic, please. Yeah, oh, yes, of course. I knew you'd yes. find it a way to make yep. it about Cody Nikarima. <laughs> they had fifty nine percent possession and completed twenty one out of twenty three sets versus twelve out of seventeen in the first half for the Warriors. So the Warriors hung in there. But after Jazz Tavita got binned for a late shot... That was such a stupid thing to do, too. <laughs> I'll tell you who they're not voting for as the new head of the NRL chairman. Jazz, Jazz Tavanga. Tavanga. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. It was so dumb. It was I so know. dumb. They scored two tries and it was 22-6 at half time. You thought the game's over, right? Yep. yep. And Scotty Drinkwater was superb on the left edge and, and combined brilliantly with Val Holmes. And you're thinking yeah. at half time, this game's over. The Warriors... Then scored two tries in the first 10 minutes of the second half, including a nearly length of the field try to Reese Walsh. Clifford, Javid Bowen and Kyle Felt are real liability on, on the Cowboys' right edge, right? They are just terrible. Um, and, and they got it back to 22-18 after Montoya scored again down the Cowboys' yep. right edge with 20 to go. And, and then they leveled it at 22 all and we're like, oh my God, this is they're going to win this. At that point, I'm thinking they're going to chase them down and win it, right? Um, and then... Thomas Gilbert up front for the Cowboys gave away a couple of poor penalties that gifted Warriors field position. Murdoch Masilla then went over Clifford on Cowboys right edge to hit the front 22-28. At this point, the Cowboys conceded 22 points in 25 minutes. Yeah, I know. It happened really quickly. It happened really quickly. In the first 30 minutes of the second half, the Warriors had 18 out of 19 set completions and 65% territory. So that completion rate and territory from the first half completely switched over in the first 30 minutes of the second half. And, and they managed to get out to a 28-22 lead. The Cowboys then spread it left from inside their own half for the Hammer to score a brilliant individual oh, try. It was great. Oh, it was great. To make it 28 all with three minutes to play. But on the kickoff, Cohen Heston tried to play the ball quickly and lost it. And it was pure uncoordination. This, oh, yeah, this was not this. By both players. This. Lisa Armia was all over him. He was all over. It was just unbelievable. This bloke also got picked to play Origin this week. Oh, yeah. Anyway, oh, no, don't worry. <laughs> but fortunately, Harris Tavita missed the field goal. For, well, fortunately for the Cowboys, anyway. The Cowboys then had a seven and seven tackle set with a minute and a half to go, and Val Holmes kicked it because their set was shit. They only made it to the I forty know, meter line. They, they took the tap at the twenty meter line. Yeah, they had seven tackles, and Val Holmes took the field goal from forty meters out. It was a shit set, but he kicked the field goal from just inside the forty to win it twenty nine twenty eight. And I thought this was a cracker. This game. Uh, it was a bloody great game. It was back and forth. Was there always great defense or anything? No, but you know what? It was actually exciting. The crowd. Oh, this game it. was fun. It was great. Like the tries were good. Again, slow start by the Warriors. It's like they try to just grind their way into a win, and they got blown away to the point where they thought, "Shit, we better play some football." We better start but trying. Yeah. We better start playing some football, but. Some of the tries by the Cowboys, real crisp, good movement, 
Tuolangi, they got that timing right on the fringe. The try to drink water just before half time was fantastic. I like Reese Robson's really made a difference because he's attacking the line and really he's playing a little bit like Aaron Payne used to, remember, yeah. with Matty Bowen. Well Reese Robson's not in there for his tackling. No, he's not. But um and the try to drink water is great, and I thought, like you, 22-6, the game's done. And then all of a sudden, all of a and, sudden, and they looked solid. They weren't dropping the no, ball. They were throwing no. like they looked real. They looked good. And then, they, then they went into half time, popped the champagnes. Your 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 doppelganger, Todd Payton. I don't know what he's yeah. Well, his half time. He, he clocked off. He's at Belmore that. Car Park so, having yep. a couple of drinks with you. <laughs> yep, that's right. And instead, the half time speech was given by G, and you saw yeah. what happened. <laughs> and then, Reese Walsh and RTS. Magic try off the scrum. Oh, great it was footwork great. by both of them. And then the try by Reese Walsh out of nowhere. The Montoya. How and was he like, not good enough for the Broncos? Oh, mate. i got no idea. His anticipation. It's Sam Walker and Reese Walsh in that yeah, team. I know. But they're not athletes, right? The thing is, he was streaking ahead. And then he literally like ran out of energy with like 20 metres to go. It was like a Nintendo game. It was like the batteries dropped. No. I thought he was going to get put into touch, but he bounced off the guy's knee. Oh, he did. Oh, oh, what a tackle. I thought, wow. Great tackle. I thought he hurt himself. That's what I thought. But amazing tackle, amazing chase, great try. Then Murdoch Masilla, they're up 28-22, and I thought they're done. And then Val Holmes just puts the hammer into space, and then that's it. Two noticeable things from this game, for me at the end anyway, was Val Holmes' field goal. Harris Tavita... Should have kicked that. He had time to line oh, it yeah, up. Oh, heaps of time. I don't. I can't believe he missed it. And Val Holmes, that would have gone over from sixty meters. Yeah, it was a big hit. He absolutely hit that sweet. Yeah, he tonked it. If you look at it in slow motion, it's not one of those ones where you make instantaneous contact either. No, it bounced up. It, it bounced up, and it was like a soccer goalkeeper, and he launched it. He hit that sweet, and it was a great field goal and a great finish. And one other thing is, you know what? I love watching Cody Nikarima kick goals from the sideline. You love watching Cody Nikarima full stop. That's right. But, you know, he's got that... He, he kicks it soccer style where he actually swings it yeah, around it like Thurston it. and stuff. It. Tell, tell me great. how much it reminds you of Hazemel Masri. It does, and Thurston. Oh, there you go. There you go. Both what a surprise them. that it reminds you of the 2003 Bulldogs Both team. Both soccer players. Who's... No coincidence. Who else does that? Nathan Cleary. What did he used to play up until he was 12? Soccer. Well, but who does, who does Nathan Cleary... Does he remind you of Brent Stewart? Brett Stewart? Yeah. From Manly? Uh, Brent Sherwin, sorry. No, he doesn't. Are you sure? The opposite. Yes. Is it, true that, is it true that Nathan Cleary reminds you of Willie Mason? He's got the same jaw, yeah, possibly. <laughs> He's just a shorter version. <laughs> and less of an idiot. But anyway. Yeah. Hey, um, Willie. No, no. Once Willie discovers TikTok, they're the same. Yeah, great try, though. Fantastic try. Uh, fantastic what, game, I thought sorry. this was great. This game, great game. Actually, actually just... Reinforced my love of rugby league. But Warriors, game. play some football. You're far better when you play football. Far out. I think the problem is when they're up against teams of their own level or below them, they should play football because they're actually, by playing it so tight, they're allowing those other teams into the game. Yeah, right? I agree. Totally, yes. But when they're playing the better sides, then they are probably playing a little bit tighter. Yes. So they're David Moyes. They, need, they, need, to, they need to adapt their style to the opposition. Yep, right? agree. Which Fair is enough. common in football, not common in rugby league. Although Brad Arthur's giving that a, a go, and it's not working. Oh, Brad Arthur's solution. <laughs> Brad, if you're listening, if you're listening, the solution is not to swap Opacic and Wonga Blake. The solution is to drop Wonga Blake. Because I'll tell you the other half of the problem. Blake Ferguson. You might, have, you may as well have had Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's this defending on that right edge. Go, what the, the hell were you thinking? What I mean. <laughs> 
You're the first grade coach. What are you? Th- are you watching? A di- what? What about Wonga Blake? And that right edge gives you confidence. Oh, there's nothing to see here. This looks good. <laughs> and we even said it in the preview. We that South's left edge is dangerous. And Cody Walker tore. Alex Johnson and Dane Gagai got a hat, both got hat tricks against oh, us know. on the right edge. I know. You and I would have ended up with three tries apiece. Maybe, maybe. Blake oh, Ferguson's still Walker's at the ground party. trying yeah, to make reads so. and tackles. It's four days later. Dragons and Tigers. So can we? Sorry, the we'll save that for tigers, the Parramatta no, preview. Yes. Sorry, Jesus. So if we move on to the blockbuster clash that Channel Nine's been getting oh, these great God. games this year. The Tigers versus Dragons. And if the Cowboys Warriors reinstalled your love of rugby league, uh, Madge Maguire and Anthony Griffin sucked it out of you with this game. The Tigers tried to move... Actually, the Tigers did... The the Tigers did try to move the ball around a bit in the first half and scored three tries. Defensively, they still look shaky. If you noticed, every time... Every time the Dragons had a set, Phil Gould's like, the Tigers' defence doesn't look great here. And that's because they look like headless chooks. So because they weren't numbering up properly in no, defence. the Dragons um, are not good enough to take advantage of it. Well, that's right. They weren't good enough. And, but Adam Dwayne, he did come up with some great defensive plays. And the Tigers led 18-0 at halftime through tries to yeah. James Roberts on the right wing, Norfolk Luma on the left wing. And Dane Laurie, who scored the first, yeah, who scored the first set after the Norfolk Luma try. So I did like the Dane Laurie try. Good it was try, a good try, but, but the Saints' attack lacked imagination yeah. without Dufty. Yep. It was just yep. it, like they threw nothing at them. It was just set play after set play. There was nothing. And what I find interesting about that is they drop, well, they don't seem to think Dufty has enough attacking ability, but Cody Ramsey might appear to have the same pace, but he, he's just not the same player. No, he's it's not the different. same player. He's not, and he's not a fullback. I mean, he's, he's not. Cody he's Ramsey a winger. A fullback? He's a winger. They like, probably think he can play there, but to be honest, he's a yeah, better Yeah, but it's going to take ages, mate. You shouldn't learn the position in first grade, in your first 10 games in first grade. Anyway, early in the second half, Tommy Talao dropped a bomb, which is yeah. a surprise for anyone who's regularly <laughs> watched Tommy Talao. He never makes a mistake. Another one. Madge, if G and I can see it, what are you watching? Anyway. No, he's got and great we, hair and a great jaw. I mean, what is he? Is he just in love with his size? He's a big I, unit, yeah, right? Yeah, is he that is, what he's it a big, is? I think so. He's a big. I actually think Tommy Talao would be better off as a fringe back rower, but anyway, Tommy Talao may be better off in Super League with Joey Leilua. <laughs> so, and and Willie Army scored, and and I've got it here. Is Madge in love with Talao's size? Why does he keep getting picked? That's what it is. They're obsessed with size, right? And I think, but he can't. He he drops the ball. He can't do a defensive read. He can't pass left to right. He can't kick the ball. He sometimes runs shepherds because he can't hear the plays. Yeah, T, I think it's that whole, we get the athletic specimen and we teach them how to play football rather than can they play football. It's the other way around. They think they think they can teach them. He would actually benefit from going to reserve grade and learning footy. Anyway, the, the, the Tigers then responded with two tries. The first off a Dwayne bomb and the second off a beautiful Dane Laurie cutout pass to Tommy Talao. Oh, that was a so great he made, ball. He's made up for the drop yeah. bomb. At that point, it was 28-6. And when James Roberts scored with with 18 to go to make it 34-6, 34-6 up, even the Tigers couldn't lose it from there. The Dragons did score two tries from here, but the Tigers ran out 34-18 winners. I, I actually thought the Tigers' back rowers, Garner and Leilua, Luciano, not Joey, yep. <laughs> were great. As was Dane Laurie and Adam Duahi. And, and Ben Hunt tried hard for the Saints, but the Saints... A lot of trouble there. They really lack some imagination. And to be honest, they've got good ball players. They appear to have things in place. But on with you, Saints, just disappointing. I don't think the 
you know, okay, the Tigers might have won the game, but they offered absolutely zero. And they could have played forever and the Tigers would have beaten them comprehensively with I a mean, shaky defence. The only team the Dragons were going to score against in that game was 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 Blake Ferguson and Wonga Blake. I mean, they were the, the only Bulldogs, people that yeah, could have... pretty much. And the Bulldogs, so, I mean, it was just... It wasn't great. Anthony Griffin's got a lot of problems there. And I think the solution is to bring more of that 2008 Broncos right? team back. It is, He's still got... Um, look, he's got Gerard Beal. He's got Corey Norman. <laughs> Tarek Sims. Josh Maguire. Ben Hunt. And Andrew McCulloch. So he's got six of them already. And he, he can bring back Dane Gagai and Josh Hoffman and du- Dunamis Louis and Jake Granville and then we're and Dale Copley and we've pretty much got the team back. The rumour is Matt Dufty's not going to be signed because he's going to bring back Darren Lockyer. <laughs> that probably is true anyway. Just we'll talk about Matt Dufty right at the end, right? But to me, I think to be honest, I thought Jared Beale did okay for someone who just Came back from retirement a week ago. Yeah, Jared Bill did okay for someone who's 53 years yeah, old. like, good on him. He actually did all right. I think there was a bit of a feeling out period for 10 or 15 minutes. And Luciano, like you said, was on fire. But that's because he used to play for Saints. So a bit of that. I thought Brooks tried to be a little bit aggressive. And Saints were just too slow and disjointed. The game in general, in their, when they're attacking, is slow and disjointed. When you watch even the Cowboys and watch the Warriors. I mean, and- they scored 18 points because the Tigers' defense is shit. Like if they're playing against a good defense, that they can't that, score. They get they got one or two tries. Like without Matt Dufty, they look terrible in attack. The try to Dane Laurie before halftime, I thought was really good, where they came at them with a few numbers and Laurie backed up, and that was a good try. Like you say, eighteen 0 at halftime, the Dragons' attack was just never going to bridge that gap. The highlight was Laurie's ball to Talau. We actually passed the ball into space on the outside of the center. And he just hit the hole. It was a great ball. Great ball. I was also amazed that Tommy Talao didn't drop Caught it. Caught it. Okay. All right. But other than that, mate, there's nothing else that came out of that game at all. The question for you is, with Dufty, where does he go? The, the problem for Dufty is, because if you remember, he's, he's Bevan French. Bevan French was excellent for us. It was the same type of player. And he could because of his size, he couldn't get a run. Now, I don't think Matt Dufty's is as bad in defense as Bevan French He's was. not. He's not. He's a little bit more stocky. He's a bit more stocky than Bevan French. Okay, let me let me put it to you this way. If I'm Madge Maguire and I've got a choice between Dallin Mateni Zalesniak and Matt Dufty, I would take Matt Dufty. I wouldn't even think about it. DWZ is a winger for a start. Absolutely. If if he wants DWZ on the wing and Matt Dufty at fullback, oh that I could that I could understand. He's got yeah. Norfolk on the other end. Yep. Just but he just signed Dane Laurie. What does he do with Dane Laurie? Play him at five eight. I'm a little bit worried about Dane Laurie's positioning in defence. He's more of a Bevan French. It's not just the physicality. It's that he's standing in the wrong position when they're kicking the ball. Yeah. So first year, first year, hundred percent. So you got to give him. You got to give him the. But but Matt Dufty. I mean, surely he is. He is a first grader. Absolutely. You know who could pick him up? The Storm. If Nico Hines goes, Nico Hines goes. It would yeah. not surprise me in the slightest. I don't know where he's going to go because I'm not sure how some of these coaches think. Now, if I had a team that I would pick, if I could pick any team that would take him, I think Paris should sign him. To be honest, I don't know if we've got the space. Oh well, Blake for Blake Ferguson. You mean? I think or? Gutho's ready to move to five eight, and I think with Dufty playing off Gutho, they'd be a lot more dangerous in attack. If I were Penrith, I would absolutely go. No, they can't afford him. him. That's why Dylan Edwards works for the for the money they're paying. Dylan Edwards is he the best works. fullback they're going to okay, get. Okay, but yeah. no salary cap. If I were Penrith, but there is I would a salary cap. Matt well, depends on where you are. Our mate Cuts was very upset with you. Did he text you about that? He he wasn't wrong though. Like he's it, look. One of our friends made a point about the Roosters. If I were a young player, I actually would go to the Roosters. I don't want to say that, but I the, rooster, the Roosters would. Wouldn't I absolutely have you. would. The Roosters no. wouldn't have you. 
Not even 20 years ago. No, because you look like Sam Cassiano towards the end. That's right. But it, but same ball skills. If the ball's in Belmore Car Park, you're unmatched. I'm unmatched. I, if Penrith could afford him, I'd take him if I were Penrith. Well, I think he, I don't think he's like Bevan French. I think he's a better player than Bevan he French. He is. He is. First grade. I mean, we could go through the fullbacks in the comp, right? I mean, who is... I mean, North Queensland's just signed... They're playing Val Holmes there. Yes. Gold Coast has got AJ Brimson. Yep. Broncos have got Jermaine Asako, but I think Matt Dufty's a better player than Jermaine Asako is at the moment, but I understand the youth policy there. Of course. Yep. Makes sense. At least I understand that, and Jermaine Asako is a good player. Canterbury's got 27 fullbacks. We do <laughs> next year. We're, 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 we've gotten rid of the back rowers and going to, getting 27 <laughs> fullbacks next year. Just, but, but he would be better than any fullback you've got there. Can you imagine year. him at Souths and Latrell Mitchell in the centres as well? But Latrell wants to play fullback. Like... Latrell wants to play. So, so I, actually, it's it's a deep position, right? So it is. Let's start going through it. Okay, Wests have got Dane Laurie. They've just re-signed him, but I think Matt Dufty's a better player. Yes. Paris yep. got Gutho. Panthers have Dylan Edwards. Manly's got yep. your favourite player, Tommy Turbo. They've got they've got God Trebojevic. <laughs> and what about Tommy? <laughs> Tommy's he's the younger brother. He's the fourth brother. Yeah, That's yeah, Ben. Play. Yeah, yeah, Ben. Are they really brothers, or are they just everyone coming through the ranks <laughs> there? It's called a Trebojevic, yeah, yeah. So, who have we missed in Sydney? Which club? Cronulla's got... Um, Will Kennedy. Kennedy, Will Kennedy. The Bears, the Roosters. The, Bears, the, Roosters, the Roosters got Teddy. Souths, Souths have got Luttrell. Canberra's got Nickel Klockstad, Pappenheisen, and Nico Hines at Melbourne. The the Warriors have got Reese Walsh. Yes, they do. And before that, RTS. Yep. Who have we missed? I mean, I, it's that's hard pretty to... much it, right? Cowboys. It's hard to find a spot for it's him. Hard the thing to is... find a spot for him. Oh, the Knights have got Kalen Ponga. The Knights have got Kalen Ponga. But he's such a good player. I don't understand how he can't find a club. When you go through each one, he's going to find it hard to find a home. But if I had like free choice in terms of all the players, if I were Penrith or Para, I would go hard at Matt Dufty. I think he makes them both better teams. I mean, but if you stuck a pair of headphones on the right edge for Para, it'd strengthen the team. <laughs> it might trip one of the players on the way through, right? Okay, like it's not, fair enough. Yeah. AirPods. Let's go, next game. Let's move on to Super Saturday. And of course, first up, and I'm not going to do the intro to this because I'm just so angry about the South's Para game. But the first up was the Panthers versus the Bulldogs. Yep. Um, the Panthers got up 30-4. to four. Charlie Staines got an early try to make it 4-0, and that's the way this game stayed until DWZ made a mistake returning a kick in the last minute of the first half. I'm all for throwing passes, you know what I'm, I'm you know, attacking football, but when you've got four defenders on you, and the guys are 10 metres away from you. And the guys are 7 metres behind you. Yeah, that's probably not the time to throw a one-armed floater. But anyway. He's the future of your club. So you're down 10 nil at halftime. In the second half, the Bulldogs' left edge was really found wanting with Staines getting a second and Momorowski a try. And at 20 nil with 15 to go, the only thing left was whether the Panthers would cover the 31.5-point line. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Burton then scored a try after a Nathan Cleary one-on-one strip on Aaron Shoup, who had a tough day, Aaron Shoup. Uh, I know he got his debut try, but it was a tough, tough day. On the Bulldogs' left, yeah. Is that, then At this point, the Dogs are down 26-0. Five minutes to go. Stephen Crichton for the Panthers scored a razzle-dazzle length of the field try to get the, Great try. the full house. Yeah, they gave the full house Penrith a highlight. And that was 30-0 before the Dogs got a consolation try right at the death. And it was, as mentioned earlier, it's Aaron Shoup's first NRL try. Yep. So congratulations to him. But on the day, he was a minus five yeah. in terms of the tries that he he's led a, in He's a rookie with pace. He's a rookie. I get it. I get it. And I hate to say this, but I thought Jake, Jake Averello was actually the best for the Dogs. And, and, and the first half defense was quite good, right? The Panthers. Ne- but I felt like the Panthers never really got out of second gear. Actually, great start. Jack Hetherington, back from being sent off in a suspension, gets a head-eye tackle in the first couple of minutes. So 
is back to form immediately. Great stuff, I mean, Jack. Me? He's just a lunatic. <laughs> He's a raving lunatic. God. It's like at least this bloke's going to play minutes. like forty-seven games in his yeah. career oh, with all the suspensions. I thought again the do- the dog's defence was firm, but I think that's partly because less Katoa and less Dylan Napa, a little bit more agility in the middle of the field. But I do think the Panthers were in second gear. I was watching them, and it was almost like they were going through. I wouldn't say going through the motions, but they weren't playing with the same that speedy intensity they usually do. They were kind of doing enough, and then you know once Wateni Zelezniak gave away. The try, 10-0, there was zero chance of anything ever happening. I think Momorowski coming back, and it looks like he's been practicing passing during his yeah. suspension. You know, you know the old days, remember the, rug, the footy show when they used to have the pass yeah, the ball the, Yeah, I think he was doing the pass That's the ball That's what has been practicing, yeah. yeah. He did a pass once in like seven games, and now he's... As you know, I like the Super rug, New Zealand Super Rugby. Yep. The Ataroa. Yep. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's like the NRL for rugby, right? Yep. And I know this is a rugby league podcast. And, and yep. This, but That's when okay. I look at them pass left to right and right to left, the, the skills are so much higher. It's always it's a spiral pass. It is always bang right in front of them. The skill levels. And I just yeah. wonder, why don't our guys teach them that? No idea. They don't have as much space. There's more players on the field, right? So Yeah. So, But the, but the skill execution is almost always perfect from New Zealand. There was, look, there was a discussion about that saying that there's a lot of people that get to first grade. Trent Barrett actually made this comment and he was an incredibly skillful player. That a lot of people can't pass left to right. He said you'd be amazed I've, at how I've many. I've told can't. you this. Yeah, I, so. I, I can see it because you know who's not great at it, Justin Olam. No, I oh know he's not. He's yeah, not great at passing. That's why he at runs. All. That's why he runs. He's not great at passing the ball. He's kamikaze style when he runs. Yeah, he's yeah, but, that, but it makes up for it, right? But Josh Adokar could actually score a lot more tries than he already does. So, uh, imagine that. It'd be like forty yeah. tries in a season. If you had a center, if you had a ball playing center inside him, now. The argument is, if they weren't as damaging a runner as Justin Olam is, you wouldn't get the space for... So there's an argument both ways, there is. right? But, you know, Vossi made a great comment when he said, basically, the Panthers are going through the motions, but he said, you know, the Dogs' game plan was basically to hold the ball, complete the set, and then kick, which is pretty much Trent Barrett's game plan all year. But 30-4, to four, but you showed more spirit in that first half than... No, there was a lot of spirit. A lot of games. The attack is non-existent, but at least with Josh Jackson back and... Katoa missing and less Dylan Napa, I think. There was a little bit more tightness I, in I want you, I've been saying this to you for the two years we've been doing this podcast. Mm. You shall refer to him as Big Puppy. Sorry, Big Puppy. And the, the razzle-dazzle try was brilliant. The, the reason why I think that that was a brilliant try, once the Panthers stepped up a gear, they racked up the points straight away. The scrambling defence by the Bulldogs was actually really good on that try, but the Panthers outskilled the defence. So it was a great try. Like, Burden got caught. Pass it to Toe, stepped in a few people. Nick Meany was trying to cover three people at the same time with Nick Cottridge's fantastic cover defence. And he caught Burden again over the head. Crichton comes out of nowhere, takes the ball. It was fabulous to watch, right? It was great. The highlight for the Dogs was the last two minutes of the game. They were ahead. It was, that's true. 4-0. Well, you won, you won the last minute of the game 4-0. 4-0. Having said that, that was kind of like the first really good attacking move almost all year. Meany coming in at fullback and Shoop hitting a, a ball at pace into a gap. Un- incredible. <laughs> You've got some momentum for the next game. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're on fire. Gee, do you really think the problem is the attack? No, but you can't, you've got to be able to score a try, mate. You've conceded 360 points in 12 games. It is games. a problem. But you can't just defend your way to a 4-0 victory. But Dean Pay did. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're you know, conceding 30 points a game. No one wants to tackle, man. No one in any sport. <laughs> Everyone wants to score goals. Everyone wants to do... Like, it's just how it is, right? 
So you can't tackle and you, and all day. There's got to be a trade-off. You, you're, you're averaging 11... You're not even averaging two converted tries a game. You're averaging 11 points in attack and 30 points in defence. If you're never going to score or get a chance to touch the ball in attack, guess what? After a while, you start falling off tackles. And, and again, Nathan Cleary extended his lead over the Bulldogs he in did. the points. score. He did. But you know what the thing was? If Penrith really put their foot down, that would have been... They could have scored 60 easily. They really could have. So Penrith way too good, mate. But, you know, no highlights really. Nathan Cleary has scored 12 points more than the entire Bulldogs team this year. Except the only highlight was Trent Barrett shifted his fullback around again, but it's not his tactics. It's like the 74th fullback combination he's trying to... He's just looking for... He's looking for... Something right, a spark. You remember that game at the fairs that you used to have? You know that all the you, know, you stick the ball in the mouth of the the clowns, clown? yeah. yeah, and they all look the same. Yes. That's the problem for Trent Barrett. <laughs> they all he's like, which clown should I do? Which clown should I use? They all look the same. He's trying to get the ball to go to the five, and it's always going to the two. Correct. Up to correct. Correct. Uh-huh. He's got he's got twenty seven clowns there. I mean, he's got no one to pick from. He's Eels and Rabbitohs. All right, we move on to the Souths versus Eels game. I've got a bit to say about this. Souths <laughs> really won 38-20. Souths flew out of the blocks with Damien Cook getting a try in the first minute. For us to make Damien Cook look good this year just goes to show you how bad we were. And sorry for the Souths fans, but it's true. Damien Cook's been terrible this year. And then going on to take a 20-6 to lead at halftime. Parramatta's right edge last week was poor, and in particular, Wonga Blake was terrible. Um, and Brad Arthur's amazing solution was to swap Opacic and Wonga Blake. And, and what a coach is meant to do is actually strengthen your weaknesses without weakening your strengths. And what he actually did was make both edges more shit. <laughs> so Opacic was lost, the poor guy. Well, of course, because he's never played there. I mean, <laughs> what is with these coaches? What I'm worried about Parramatta... Oh, I'm going on a rant. What I'm worried about Parramatta is we're going to be like the Liverpool Spice Boys of the mid-90s. And I'm a Liverpool supporter, and that was hard enough. We're just going to be the perennial underdogs. We're just going to perennially lose. We're the second best or the third best team every year, year in, year out. I'm just worried with this coach, this halfback, we're just not going to get over the line and get a premiership. It's already been 35 years and waiting. It's longer than our original premiership drought now. So I just... what? Oh, wow. God damn it, Brad Arthur. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, the other part of the problem on the right edge as well, as I mentioned earlier, is Blake Ferguson, who is now the wooden man out there on the oh, right yeah, wing. He's I mean, he's, he's weekend at Bernie's. He's not young. He, even if he was 29, he's moving like he's he's got a drip attached to him at a hospital. I mean, he's... T- <laughs> He's so, just in other terrible. words, you need you need a centre that pushes him out on the bed out really quickly to cover the defence. And he's a bedpan. He's just terrible. <laughs> and then Bunny's left edge and Cody Walker just cut us to shreds. Alex Johnson got a hat trick. Dane Gagai got a hat trick. Fantastic. Isaiah Papali and Ryan Madison were both binned for the Eels, and it cost us playing with twelve for twenty minutes. And whilst the second half was better, it was three tries apiece in the second half. The game was effectively over at half time. Oh, it was done. Yeah, that's all I've got to say there. Well, Actually, so, uh, I feel like saying more, but I don't know if I've got the energy to... Uh, no, I think you've ranted enough. It's been great. Poor Opacic. My notes were like, he had no idea whether Cody Walker was passing short, long, behind to Latrell. Honestly, he got carved apart. And to go up against Latrell and Cody Walker with another week of practice and Alex Johnson, just too hard. And Gagai, For the first and time ever at right... Right centre. What part of that did he think was going to go right? And what he's got is he's got incredible support on his outside with a man with a drip attached walking through a hospital ward. So, 
I think the sign of the Cook trial was terrible. It was a bad start and lack of agility. He didn't really cut that explosively and they both got wrong-footed very easily. It looked to me like we weren't switched on for the game, which is a real problem. And the Souths have done this to us a few times now. We need to solve the right edge problem. And we've gone back to some of the problems we had last year where we're too compressed. Because we're nervous, we're compressing too much on the right edge. Benefit was a little great try for Jacob Arthur at the end. It was a good opportunistic chip and chase. Hey, that might be that might hey hey that might be good enough for the dogs fans to get a try at a minute to go and just celebrate that. It's thirty five years, mate. We need more than this. We need to be beating Souths if we want to be a contender in this comp. Uh, I and I know Brad that. Arthur's trying to be more calm this year. I would have torn fucking strips off that team at the end of no, that game. No, to be honest, I think that's part of the issue. I think Cody Walker, he's. He was brilliant. He just tore your tore your team apart. Amazing. Well, we um, made it easier for him. We made it easier for he him. He did, but he was a conductor out there, right? I do think Para has the potential to be the third best team. The issue is their attack's becoming quite pedestrian. Well, secretly, our pede- attack's been pedestrian for a little while. It has, but at least at the start of the year, I saw elements of trying different stuff. We're having this happened to us last year as well. This happened to yeah, us last year. Yeah, it's like they well, go into a show and decide, you know what, we need to grind out a win is not the right thing, but play a little bit more composed and let go of some of the flashy stuff. But then it doesn't seem to work. Then they go into their shell and start losing. Can I, can I say this, though? The Indigenous round jersey looks amazing. Yeah, you know what's funny? Some of them you see online look amazing. Then when you see them in person watching them, they do not not as striking. The Roosters. The Roosters pulled one from the Penrith playbook this year. <laughs> We've got another 500 units stat. Yeah, I was like, last year. is that an Indigenous jersey? Yeah, there's, I think there's a few... Patterns on the sleeve, I think. <laughs> you know, um, so there's a few of those. Yeah, South's too good and a disappointing performance by Parra. I think they threw nothing at South the whole game. Very ordinary. And whether that's because they're, they're trying to play a semi-final style of football and make less errors and stuff, but it doesn't suit them. They don't have pace and outright game breakers. They've got to play and attack as a team, para. They do. Otherwise, they don't have the game breakers. They don't have the Addo cars. They don't have the Pappenheisens or the Crichtons or the Burdens. They, they're a team. They need to attack as a team and follow and support and play attacking football, and they're missing that at the moment. So Brad Arthur, you know what? Live a little. Have a go. Don't be like Pep Guardiola and shit yourself in the finals. Well, do you want to talk about that? Oh, with Pep... Yeah. Oh, mate. So, I mean, clearly playing Ilkay Gundogan in the holding role didn't work. I understand what he's trying to do, but the guy was kicking no, us the I whole mean, year. 53, 50. I mean, moving forward, like, I don't know. He just, he overthought it. And you actually, you needed his creativity further up so he could unlock the defense. That's right, because all they did was, like, put the numbers back and then just, you know, they had pace to match their flanks. And that well, was they, it. Played, was they effectively space. played five defenders, right? It was yeah. a 5 2 3, basically, was what. what, what Chelsea were playing. But it was exactly what they did in the FA Cup final, exactly what they did in the Premier League as well. So it's not like he couldn't see this coming. And he needed to play Fernandinho there. I thought Zivchenko had a terrible game. Just a terrible game. Yeah. And he was at fault for the goal. The guy ran straight past him. He didn't track him. No, he didn't track him at all. He he just watched him. It was like waiting for a bus. Oh, I've missed the bus. (laughs) Meanwhile, Kai Havertz is there. I know there's always mistakes, but they're like... What a great run. And I was like, all he did was run into the cap. That's it. Well, what they did was, what they did was tactically, what they did was the, the person playing centrally in the front three moved out. Werner, to the left. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. He created Werner the gap, went yeah. left, and then the one playing right came centrally. Came in. And so Zivchenko should have stayed with him because they were actually numbered up. It was two on two. But this is the thing it's not like he was guarding somebody else, marking somebody else on the wing. 
And then people go, oh, he should have had an extra man back there. It wasn't good. You heard this from some of the commentators. It wasn't no, good pressing. No. That's exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to press it one-on-one. No, I have it's, it's, that's, no it's issue not, with it's that. Not, that's deliberate. That's not accidental. That's why he picks young players. He needed Zivchenko needed to stay with him. But yeah, overthought it, man. I thought Gundogan in the middle. Well, I'm okay with Gundogan in the middle, but he needs to be closer to the goal. Because otherwise, where's the creativity going to come from? There is none. There was none. Other than the cheap shot by Rudiger. Can we play Rudiger on the right wing? Rudiger? I think if he was Peter Volandis was the referee, he would have been sent to the sin bin for 10 He minutes. would have been sent to the sin bin. That was a shoulder, deliberate contact with the head. Yes. Yeah. Direct contact, him. deliberate, sent off. Now that was a send off. Just turned and nailed him with the shoulder accidentally. Bullshit. Accident. I knew what he was doing. All right. Of course he did. Back to the footy, which is what this podcast yes. is about. Uh, the last game on Super Saturday was that we've gone all over the shop on this pod. We're fired up about everything at the moment. We are fired up. It's the full up. moon. This is like the this, yeah, it's full, full moon, moon podcast. And Brad Arthur, next time there's a super moon, I want you. <laughs> it clearly affects Blake Ferguson. I want you to know that in advance. All right, last game: Roosters versus Raiders on on Super Saturday. The Roosters got up 44-16. Um, after a difficult week, the Raiders started well through tries to Josh Hodgson and Corey Horsberg, who may be the most unattractive man in footy. He probably is. He's the, he's the anti-men of league. He's like a ginger Nelson from The Simpsons and actually led 10-0 after 29 minutes. But then, like previous, there's not a lot of analysis. If you watched one Canberra game this year, you've watched them all. So, guys, you know what time it is. After half an hour, what happens? Canberra capitulates. And then, like the previous weeks, they conceded 44 points in 51 minutes uh in fact they conceded three tries in the last 10 minutes of the first half and after really toughing it out for the first 30 yeah. minutes they actually went into half time losing 16 10 agree with that yeah i don't know what it is anyway can i just say this joey manu might be one of my favorite players as you know i yes. really really like joey manu yep. i think he's a great player yep. and he can absolutely he's a footy player he absolutely he superb he can do everything and he played 5-8, which is what he grew up playing in the juniors. I thought he was... He made the Roosters a lot better. A lot better. It's his defence. It was the the bomb that he regathered. The kick that, like, he was... He was a throwback 5-8. He was very good. And he and, and he is one of my favourites. Is there anything he can't do? I mean, I would love him to be our right centre. I don't know. You're going to have to hope that the Roosters um, have no room in their salary cap left. Lachlan Lamb, Adam Kieran. It would have been good if someone... Um, had kept Adam Kieran. Looks like he can play a little bit. Anyway, Tupanua, Suwali were, were great as well. And Suwali's best game so far, I thought. Yeah, he, you could see an improvement from last week. I mean, it's his second game, but he was a little bit more comfortable straight away. Did, which you, is... did you think he was a bit quicker this week? After having a go at his body shape and his speed last I week? I didn't have a go at his body shape. Yeah, you did. And I thought Corey Harawira and Naira were great for the Raiders. So if, 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 if they had stayed at Canterbury and Adam Kieran had stayed at Canterbury... I think they would have been good two or two good additions no. to your current side. Look, on this game, like you, I thought Canberra started relatively well. They threw the ball around, had a bit of a go. They hung in there, did some of the tough stuff. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy Tedesco just sort of stuffed this on partly taking over the game again, um, even after being injured and being needled up. And I thought Fletcher Baker looks like a pretty good player for the Roosters, another youngster in the forwards with a bit of agility and athleticism, but they can play a little bit of football. You know, and in a 20-minute period, it went from 10-0 to 28-10. I thought Manu and Teddy took over the game. I thought Manu gave them more directness in attack, and he added a little bit of power to their running game. Lockie Lamb there, they looked... I thought the Roosters played a lot faster, and they looked a little bit like Melbourne, because you had Manu and Lockie Lamb could both run at the line at speed and offer different things. 
So I thought the Roosters played really well off the back of those. I'm, I'm a big fan of Sam Walker's creativity and he's, the way he plays and his, you know, his artistic football in a way. Question for you is, watching Lockie Lamb and Joey Manu play similar to a Jerome Hughes in a Munster, except a bigger Munster, does Sam Walker get back in the team? Serious question. No, Sam Walker will get back into the team and, and so will Lockie Lamb. The problem they've got is, I've been saying Joey Manu's a 5'8 for a long time now. I actually think that is his position. And because the Roosters are so strong and they won back-to-back premierships and all the rest of it, he's kind of been shunted out to the centres. He is, And he is one of the best centres in the comp. Yes, he is. When they do the NRL surveys of the players, he often comes out as the best centre in the comp. He does. Absolutely. Yeah, from, yes. from his peer group. So J- Joey Manu is a fantastic player. Now, for right now, they are probably better off playing Joey Manu at 5'8". Now, the reason I say that is because both Lockie Lamb and Sam Walker, they're going to be great, but they're still a few years away, right? This is what I mean, but, right? But Lockie Lamb is more ready than Sam Walker is That's And that's what I mean. Like, watching him play, I love Sam Walker, but he's a little bit more robust physically. He's athletic. He's fast. He's a runner. They're, they're far more direct with both of those players. And then Tedesco comes in more as a ball player too now. Alternatively, what you could do, because you can shape up differently in attack. None of the coaches think this way. You could effectively play Joey Manu as another fullback. So what I mean by that is you have Lockie Lamb and Sam Walker there to direct mm, the team yep. and do their thing. And he floats and, around. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes you get Joey Manu playing that fullback role on the other side, on the right side, for example, right? Not a bad idea. And you give Teddy the left, right? So you, you mix up the attack a little bit. You could do that. Yep. Um, that would take some attacking sophistication, but but there's no reason why the Roosters couldn't do that, right? You, you've got to remember the numbers they're wearing on their back is a bygone... It's a bygone era, and I think we still look at that. And I do sometimes look at the game Yeah, that correct. Way. It, it, it absolutely has no semblance to what role they're playing on the on the field. It's the game is get left, right, middle. That's the that's essentially the game in a nutshell. Suwali, like you said, I think um, a, a lot better this week. And I mean, look, he's a kid. It's not like we're expecting a lot. But the try that he set up for Tupanua where he kind of changed gears on Sebastian Chris and shoved him away. Sebastian Chris is a big guy. He's a powerful guy. So that was quite frightening. But um, the Roosters, yeah, just blew them away and it played a little bit faster than they... They almost looked like when they had Kiri at the start of the year, to some degree. Um, and Ryan James, I thought he used great leg and knee drive to score his try. How's that for a bad joke? <laughs> That's terrible. What about that? It's like he drops a knee into his head. It's like no one's going to see it. There's like 74 cameras on you. I, I don't know head. what they're like, thinking. I don't... I, it's just... it's. It, you know what? I, th- I think they should introduce a new rule where you get binned for stupidity. Oh, no, but he did have a guy, Jared Maria Hargraves, and Jared Maria Hargraves is one of our favourite agitators. So oh, who knows he's, what Jared yeah, did. Give me a sec. Let's move on to the games on Sunday. So first up, we had Cronulla against the Titans. What a game. What a fantastic game of football. Naturally, I picked the Titans. Of course. Yeah, so did I. Thanks. The game was played at Coffs Harbour, and it was nice. To, no, I'm glad they're taking the game to regional space. I thought that was good. Nice-looking stadium, too. Nice ground. It is. Have you been there? No, I haven't. It's a, it's a really nice ground. It's right near the beach. It's really quite nice. So the Titans went in early through Brian Kelly, and I thought that was a bad sign for the Sharks. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Yeah. And instead, it absolutely sparked them. Jesse Ramian completely terrorised the Titans' left edge, and in fact, the whole Titans' defence put up some of the worst defence I've seen in first grade. Brian Kelly seems to be the common denominator here. Mate, it's and not I just like him. Brian Kelly. Oh, my God. Justin Holbrook, you're going to have to practice some defence during the week. I mean, I'm sick of getting on this pod and saying the same things. They don't want to... T- it's effort. The def- they're just not putting in the effort no, on the defence. and Jimmy Jimmy's side. not culpable because he's only the attacking coach. Yeah, I mean, they did score 10 points this game. So, yeah, Jimmy's done really well. <laughs> 
So much so, I had Bulldogs fans texting me about how poor the Titans were. That's how bad the Titans' defence was. <laughs> That's actually pretty bad. We're excited that another team's defence is as bad as ours. It's great. What a I mean, season. It's, just, it's woeful. I mean, so in, in fact, after scoring the first try, the Sharks put on 38 points unanswered before Kevin Proctor scored a try with two minutes left. Uh, Matt Moylan and Sean Johnson were made to look like Bob Fulton and Andrew Johns out there. And and in particular, Matt Moylan's... Con- I, I, Matt Moylan's been playing okay. He's, been, he's, in, he's I, in good form. He's playing well, and you could see that. You can see the ham- how much his hamstring hampers him. He got in the clear a few times, and he can't really stretch out anymore. He's still got some of that movement and that creativity and finding the right the creases in the defence. His calves are amazing. Oh, his calves are brilliant. It's a touch Yeah, football. so can I just say one thing as well? You... you you mentioned Brian Kelly. I think there's a bigger problem there. With one minute to go, aka excluding the last set of the game, yeah. Jamal Fogarty had made seven tackles in the whole game and missed six. And he was in the Simbin for 10 minutes. He didn't have a great game. <laughs> no. He shouldn't have been binned for that, though. I thought that was no, a rough binning. No, I, was, yeah, I agree yeah. with him. Jamal Fogarty and the, versus the ref, good debate, but Jamal debate. lost. <laughs> Patrick... And Patrick Herbert made 11 and missed 5. I mean, it's just effort. They don't deserve to be in the 8, the Titans. If this no. is the way they're going to defend, they don't deserve to be there. Their attack, again, is so much better than some of these crappy teams that they're beating them. But realistically, if they come up against any opposition, their defense is woeful. Like, Jesse Ramian just ran straight through Tanner Boyd and Brian Kelly both times. Brian Kelly's misread got the Sharks back in the game in the beginning. I thought the Sharks looked better without Chad Townsend. Their defense was a bit better. Oh, thanks, Scoop. Thanks, thanks for that brilliant powers of observation. The defence is better without Chad Townsend. I'll tell you what they've been missing for a long time is Ronaldo Mulitalo coming back. He's giving them a really good finishing winger. And they've really How fired up is he when he scores? He's a really good winger, Ronaldo Mulitalo, actually. Good in the air, good hands, good finishing, and good enough speed too. So it allowed them to take advantage of the Titans' crappy defence. And a few times I thought Kennedy got the ball at speed rather than getting it sort of in slow motion trying to accelerate. And the defence had to think. And if the Titans' defence has to think... Or even not think. It's really bad. The Titans, it doesn't matter whether they're thinking or not. <laughs> yeah, it's that's the what same I mean. outcome. It's the same but outcome. Their defense is a massive, massive problem. A lot of it is effort, and I think a lot of it is fitness. A lot of their players are quite prominent and actually, you know, quite hyped. But the reality is, at times, they're a liability quite a bit. So they need to do something, and the Sharks would. That one that way too easily. Way too easily. But terrible game. Terrible game. Terrible game of football, actually. Well done, Sharks fans. Good on you. You, you, Ray of Sunshine. So let's move on to the last game of the round. It was a, a game I didn't mind because both teams threw a bit at each other. There was a bit of desperation. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't great execution. No, it was not. So the Knights first Manly. The Knights got up eighteen ten. The Knights had a had a big win behind them in the first half. But I thought Manly were the better team when it when it was thirteen on thirteen. Except, mm. their, except their tries only came from Knight's errors. The first was a bad read by Tuala in defence, and the second was a drop ball by Fitzgibbon, and, and, and the turbo Saab went 90 metres to score, which yep. got you out of your seat. It did, did. Yeah, I bet it did. The heated seat, the heated Saab seat. <laughs> Manly led 10 nil, but then Sean Kepi was binned for a high shot on Crossland after he kicked it. That really was dumb. Sean Kepi was channeling his inner, inner Victor Radley. He was, I mean, it was just he the dumbest it. play. Yeah. The Knights then ran in two tries in four minutes and actually led at halftime 12-10 after, after Manly had been the better side. You know how I said Manly had been the better side? And I think watching they the were. game... They were. Yeah, okay, you say that, all right? Despite Manly being better 13 v 13, the Knights had 24 tackles in the opposition 20 
and Manly only had two. Yeah, that's very strange because, you know, watching that game, I was like, geez, Manly should be ahead. I thought exactly the same thing. I thought exactly the same interesting. thing. So it's a really interesting game, right? Yeah. The game settled into an arm wrestle in the second half, and when Marty Tapao was sent to the bin with about 25 to go, I thought it was an opportunity for the Knights, but both teams went scoreless in the 10 minutes that Manly was down to 12. The second half remained scoreless until Daniel Saifidi crossed with two minutes to seal the result for the Knights and his origin spot. I thought Connor Watson was again great for Newcastle. Good player. He was Mr. Versatile, Busy. playing three Busy. or four different positions. Uh, and for Manly, I thought DCE continued his good form. One thing I will mention is no one can whinge about penalty counts like Manly fans. Right? <laughs> that, that, do you remember the grand final you and I went to? Was it you and me? Or I went with my brother. I went with my brother and Sonny Bill yeah. offload roosters, manly roosters. And they were complaining about the refereeing that night. And they won the penalty count that night. Oh, no. <laughs> so worry. you can only imagine that, what they were like. They did lose the penalty count 9-1 in this game. Yep. And Desi had a few words to say about it after the game. If you look back, I think the nine penalties were fair. Yes, I agree with that. I think there's probably two or three that Manly should have gotten. Consistent applying it to the Knights' side, right? But So I think I think that was an issue So I, when, I, when I look back at that. What did you think of this game? Same thing. I just thought Manly really missed Schuster's ball playing on the fringe just to give him a different look. And I thought they didn't really play much of an expansive game this game. They played a little bit more controlled. The Knights did defend quite stoutly, but I don't think they tried to get Turbo into space as much as they have in some of the other games. A little bit of a tighter game, and I think it suited the Knights. And Tyson Frizzell got injured ruling him out of origin, right? So, which which is helpful for the Blues, given the way he's been playing. If Manly were a little bit more expansive, I think they were just trying to get their way into the game through lack of possession. But the Knights were there to be had, and I, I thought they tried to grind their way to a win, and the Knights toughed it out and executed a few times and, and scored enough points and hung on defensively and you know had an art, won the arm wrestle and they won the game. I thought it was a decent game but lacked execution but a fiery game. Although Marty Tapao's Sinbin, that was what the hell was that for? Yeah, there was a few I odd ones, mean, right? He went in and Saifidi hit him and he got Sinbin. So that was a bit ridiculous and Sean Kepi lost his mind. I think he's going to be suspended for that too. I think that was a send-off. It was the Manly fans to have got to be careful. That was close to a send-off. I think if he moved with his arm or shoulder, I think he would have been sent sent off. Yeah, I thought um, the Knights, good effort and a good a good grinding out, a grind out victory. Yeah, it was a great, great result. So, well, they needed it, right? Absolutely. So, and it'll keep um, Adam O'Brien less angry this week. It will. It definitely will. All right. So let's move on to the round 13 preview and with the with the state of origin. And the state of origin, yep. Coming up. Yeah. So, well, we'll preview the actual game next week in our pod next week, but we'll, we'll go through the teams. Yep. Round 13 kicks off this week. There's only four games this week. Uh, it's the Dragons versus the Broncos. The Dragons are $1.52. The Broncos, $2.55. The Broncos have five and a half points start. Both teams are losing players to state of origin. Unbelievably, but yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> The Dragons got to pick some of their players instead of Origin. Well, Tarek Sim's got to go. How? Anyway, we'll talk about that. That's Phil Gould. Yeah, that of course it Phil is. Phil Gould, right? Yeah, so he was... He He's Selector X. You know the guy that doesn't sit at the table but seems to somehow well, influence was, was Brad Fittler and Greg Alexander's coach. So if you don't think he's got an influence yeah. on the side... And Trent yeah. Barrett. But anyway, yeah, go. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so I, Dragons got Tarek Sims into the... And Ben Hunt missed out, right? So I thought Ben Hunt might get a go as well, but he's missed out. And the Broncos, surprisingly, had quite a few Origin players as well, right? Payne Haas for New South Wales. Yep. Um, Xavier Coates got a run as well, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all all goes. I think I think Saints will get this. I can't You really see... do. You don't think so? No, I actually think the Broncos will beat them and beat them quite easily. Do you? It's because yeah, you I do. Saints can't score. It's just because I don't think Saints 
can score. The Broncos' defense. But I look at it and I go, Ben Hunt might be the best player on the field, though, right? And 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 Jack DeBellin's going to make his debut off the bench. Look, I think that that's a fair call. I do think though that the Broncos' defense hasn't been as bad as it was last year against the good teams. They do fall apart, but their defense is athletic and desperate enough to beat some of the shittier attacking sides. And the Dragons have done nothing for a few weeks. And I just think the Broncos will have too much for them in attack. They still got Asako, Coates. They're going to have David Mead, Farnworth. Like I think they've got enough. The to love beat bug. Them. The love bug, yeah, and I think they've got enough to beat the Dragons. And without Matt Dufty, they don't have anything. So I can't see them winning. Broncos for me. Okay, I've got the Dragons. I think the Dragons will get this one. Although I can see where you're coming from, but I think I'm going to go to the Dragons. Next up, there's one game Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the Friday game is the Tigers versus the Panthers. This is going to be an interesting game. This is going to be interesting. If the Tigers are ever going to win it against the Panthers, this is it. The Panthers have six or seven players yeah. out with Oregon. This is the West Tigers versus Penrith's reserve grade team, essentially. Well, the Panthers have got six named in the New South Wales team and one in the Queensland team. So and Kate the 18th Kate man who can't play. So Appy Coruscant looks like he might be 18th man. Well, that's man. including... Coruscant six. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yep. All yeah. Right. So, so they've got Appy Coruscant, Liam Martin, Isaiah Yo, Isaiah Yo. I always mispronounce him. Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai. Yeah. And Brian Toho, all out, and Kurt Capewell. Seven players out of the starting lineup. Now Matt Burton's there. Yep. Burton will play in the halves. He'll play in the halves. I, I think the Tigers might get them. Dylan Edwards isn't back either. So Crichton isn't a, in, can't fill back in in the centres unless they've got another fullback languishing around. But you're going to see some of the young guys come in. I think that's right. I don't know if they quite have enough depth because they've lost a lot of it. They've lost the Dane... I mean, it sounds silly, but Dane Laurie was a good backup to have after you have a couple of injuries. Um, Has Brett Naden gone to Canterbury yet? No, Brett Naden will come into the team most probably as yeah, well. I he think will. he might be suspended. But so I'm still tipping the Panthers because I think Burton showed enough for me. And the Tigers have just been ordinary I just think their defence is there to be had and I think the Panthers will still come at them with speed and they've still got Burton they've still got Crichton they've still got Momorowski is a, de- is a good centre they've got um, you know Spencer Lineu Fisher Harris if the Tigers want to win maybe they can lend Joey Leilua to the Panthers they probably can it's probably not a bad idea that, uh, on the loan agreement Ty- you know Tyrone May will come in and play a role that Yo does that sort of floating back rower that can throw passes left or right long or short and I just think they'll still have too much for them. Scott Sorensen, the best-looking man in rugby league, might will be on the bench. And again, he's a good player. Too much attacking ability in the Panthers, and I think defensively they'll still be strong enough to keep the Tigers out. I'm tipping the Panthers, but I think it'll be really, really close. I'm trying to see who they're going to bring in, right? Moses Liotta's going to be out as well. Yep. He might be suspended. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was a pretty bad yeah. tackle, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan Edwards is is expected to be fit. Okay, well, if he's back, I think that moves Crichton back into the centres and Burton to 5'8". You really just need a dummy running up and down as a, as a halfback for this Penrith team. Or he'll play half 5'8", or halfback, and they'll probably plunk on um, Tyrone May. Oh, you're, you're convincing me on the Panthers, actually. Some of these games are hard to pick during Origin. It, this is a hard game to pick. Like, the yeah. Tigers, if like you say, if they're ever going to win, this is it. But I just think the Penrith still have too many good players in the team to lose. I tell you what's not a hard game to pick. The Storm versus the Titans. The Storm are $1.10 <laughs> and the Titans are $7 and the Titans have 20 and a half point start. Now, the Titans actually have quite a... They've got four players missing. So Unbelievably, yeah. So, yeah. But unfortunately, unfortunately, it's probably their four best players that they're missing insofar as they've got Fotoaeka, who's been yes. great for them. Fafita. Dave Fafita, who was better earlier this season, has gone off the boil a little bit. AJ Brimson. 
who is, there's a question mark over him. He's either injured or not playing. And of course, Tino for Sua Malawi. They're big outs for the Titans. Yeah, they I are can't massive outs for the Titans. And the Storm have a few. The Storm's got four, um, obviously, in, in the Queensland team. They've got Harry Grant, but Harry Grant has been injured. They've got Brandon Smith there. Cam Munster, who's also yep, been injured, yep. hasn't been playing. So they'll just so play Chris Smith or Riley Jacks or Cooper Johns or whoever they feel like it. The the Nico production Hines. line yeah. of the Storm yeah. players. They it's Christian Welsh, player. who's a big out. Yep, but they'll just bring and, in, and, you know, Tino Kamakamaka's brother that they picked up off the street <laughs> and plunk him in there. Don't worry, PNG, mate. yeah. And Kafusi is out, so it's another one. Oh, he's in the Queensland Origin team. So yeah. other than that though. And Addo Carr, obviously, for New South Wales. So they've got five out, but I think the, I think the Storm are in better position to weather it than the Titans are. Uh, I'm stormed by 20. Well, so th- therefore the line's right. All right, and the last game is the Knights versus the Eels. Um, the Eels have only got Junior Paulo and Reid Marnie out. Yep. And whatever suspensions we get. Madison will get suspended. Well, we'll see. I think so, because that was a shot where there was nothing exposed other than the play's head, and he just smacked him around the chops. And the Knights have really got... Who have they got missing? They've got uh, Kalen Ponga. Saifidi and Ponga. And Saifidi. And David Clemmer's likely to get suspended as well. Ponga hasn't been playing anyway. For a shot in the last minute. But if, if Clemmer's out with suspension, and so Saifidi, that's both their starting front rowers out. They'll miss them. I'm tipping the Eels anyway, because the Eels, the Eels are pretty much well. at full strength, and I think the Eels will be too good. And after getting towed up by Souths, well, I think they'll be a little bit more... Fired up in this game. Okay. I'll be on hey, for Brad Arthur, if you're listening, this might be the game to play Wonga Blake as opposed to against Souths. You know what? I, I wonder if Wonga Blake would be better suited to the wing where he's got the sideline as one of his protect. I mean, it's no competition now, right? Nia Korak, if he's fit, he comes in. He's got to come center. in because I mean, they give we just up look too much. so much better. With and here's there. the thing, right? T, with the Eels, and this is Brad Arthur, if you are going to play Wonga Blake, right? I know you totally disagree with that. But if you are going to play play him, his best assets and his strengths are his speed and his athleticism. Get him in space. Don't play a conservative brand of football because he gives up too much on the other end. If, like we always say, if you're gonna, if he's going to give up three tries or sometimes in Wonga's case seven, you've got to at least score three or four on the other side, right? <laughs> Whereas Brad Arthur's not putting him in space and using his strengths but expecting him to be a solid defender. If you're going to do that, just put Nia Kore there. You break, you, you're ahead. It's just silly. Anyway. No, but gee, the position of centre is like a edge back rower. I mean, it's 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 really no different. The difference, the only the only difference is it's the one position in the defensive line that gets really isolated. It gets isolated, and you've got to make the right reads, right? So, yeah. in a way, though, Wonga Blake isn't the best reader of the game. He's not the really best wow, gee, wow. What, what what? How have you picked up this incredible observation? He's fast and athletic, so you know what? If you pick him, you've got to get him in space to use his talents that he's got. Otherwise, don't play him. Don't play him. Maybe you train the team and you call Wonga over while they're training and you say, Wonga, you know what we could do? Real team building event. Can you go on a Macca's run? Move on. I'm tipping the Eels. I don't care what you say. Eels for me. All right. But uh, it'll be a lot closer than people think if Wonga Blake plays. Yes. All right. Shall we move on to the Origin teams? Yes. We will do the preview of the game itself next week. Yep. But um, let me just run through the teams first. I'll run through New South Wales and then I'll run through Queensland yep. and then I'll get your thoughts on both teams. Yep. I've, I've got a view on the back row of New yep. South Wales. Yeah, but anyway. I know you do, yeah. Yeah. So uh, James Tedesco, a fullback. Brian Toho, which we've been saying for weeks he's going to play Origin. Yep. Mini Matt Utai. Love him. L- Latrell Mitchell, Tom Turaboyevich, Josh Adokar, uh, Jerome Luai, and Nathan Cleary. I think that back line's relatively uncontroversial. I think so. I actually would not have picked Latrell Mitchell because I think his form's been decent. 
but not good enough to be State of Origin. Yeah. I actually think Matt Burton... Well, I would have had Matt Burton in my A team, but I don't know whether I would have had him in my starting team. So, I, Look, fair enough. Latrell's not a bad pick. Um, I just think he's been missing for four or five weeks. He has played pretty well, though, but yeah. I think Matt Burton's been superb. Like, his, his form has been... Incredible. Well, I would have had Burton in the 18, but I don't think I would have had him Fair starting. Enough. So I, yeah. I, I, I can't complain but about relatively, that. relatively, let's just say, relatively straightforward back I think line, the interesting right? bit is the forwards in the back row. So Daniel Saifidi and Jake Jake Trebojevic are the starting props, and Damian Cook is the hooker. Now, I would have picked Api Corusau. I think Damian Cook is there based on... Did someone say he's a beach sprinter? I may have heard that. He is. I said that, yeah. He's based <laughs> on. He's there based on his beach sprinting. Look, form-wise, I think Corusau's played... Only a few games. But I think Cook and Coruscant are kind of benefiting from the dearth of New South Wales hookers. If you wanted to go for a smoky on that one, I probably, you pick one of the Brayley brothers. Yeah, they've been pretty good as well. To be honest, outside of that, it's either Cook or Coruscant anyway. I would have picked Junior Paulo in the starting lineup too. I think Jake Trebojevic is quite lucky to be in State of Origin team. I agree. I don't think he's been playing that well. Anyway, so the back row, and this is where it gets interesting. Locke is Isaiah Yo, which I don't have an objection to. Isaiah no, Yo, this is the second he's, year he's been playing brilliantly. Yep. Yep. Uh, Cam Murray, who I really like. So I would have picked him as well. Yeah, I think he's there, but I don't know if he's playing that great this year. He's been good. Because Souths look much better when Cam Murray's playing. I would have picked him. Yeah, fair enough. No, I've got no You've got to remember to Victor Radley's out. Yes. There's no Boyd Cordner's no out. So, so there's quite a dearth in the back row. And then the other interesting one is Tarek Sims. Now, Tarek Sims makes a lot of errors and mistakes and is prone to lose his head. Correct. And he's been playing shit for like three years. <laughs> That's the other. How about shit that? For three years. Yeah, he there's has. also that. Like, how about the fact that he's played like two good games in three seasons? I also would have had Payne Haas instead of Daniel Saifidi. Like, I'm, I don't agree with the forwards that have been picked. I think Daniel Saifidi is there because he's tall, he goes forward. He sort of seems to be a no-nonsense type of guy. Would I say he stands out as a prop when I watch him? Not necessarily, but he's somewhat effective. I think Jake Trebojevic is lucky, and I think Tarek Sim shouldn't be anywhere near the team. Cam Murray's not an edge-back rower either. He's a lock who plays through the middle, and he's been picked in the second row. So he's going to either be on the left or the right. Yeah, I think he'll do a decent job there. I think that's right. I like Cam Murray as a player, but I just I just wonder... Yeah, it's, a, it's just an interesting, interesting forward line. Tarek Sim's right. He's played... I get what he's trying to have someone explosive and tough and strong. If you're basing it on form this year, sure, this player has actually had a few poor games, but I would have put Tavita Pangai Jr. there if you're looking for someone like that. Because he's also had four or five games where he's been incredible. Yeah, but I, but I think he's he's burnt his bridges with New South Wales because of his questionable. I know there's other stuff involved, and you know, but you know, you got to reward form. Tarek Sims being there because he played good in State of Origin three years ago. It's bullshit to the players it, who it's feel good. put in it's a feel good pick. every week and the ones that perform every week. Every week because they've been having all the Dragons games. <laughs> you know, I mean, they far, just anyway. So the bench is interesting for me as well. Junior Polo and Payne Haas, I've got no objection to. I don't no. have any objection to Liam Martin either. In fact, Junior Paulo and Payne Haas would have been my starting props. Liam Martin should have been there before Tyson Frizzell anyway, and I'm with you on Jack Whiten. I, I actually would have had Cam Murray, Isaiah Yo, and Liam Martin, but in a different configuration. I would have played Cam Murray through the middle, and I would have played Isaiah Yo and Liam Martin on the edges. Crichton's injured, right? Yeah, Angus Crichton absolutely would have been a starting back rower. No, not, is he? No, no, suspended. To spell, that's right. Um, Jack Whiten got picked on the bench. I would have had Matt Burton in that position. Jack Whiten, again, I don't understand. He's been playing poorly all year. He has been terrible. And do you know what? Who deserves that? 
and this would probably be the only con- other contentious position in the back line, although it's not really, is Cody Walker instead of Jack Wyden. Why is Jack Wyden there? Well, I would have had Matt Burton ahead of them both. Or Matt Burton, right? I would but have had Cody way, Walker ahead of Campbell Graham, though. Yeah, I don't, how is Co- Campbell Graham there? He's been torn apart in defence all year for South when he's played a decent team. He shouldn't be anywhere near State of Origin. I'm sorry. Anyway, well, he's not in the he's not in the 17. He's not in the 17. So players that there's always a couple of players that they place as favourites that they put in the team, which you're seeing this year. But it has gotten a lot better. It went through a period where they just picked their favourites regardless. Well, that was when Ricky and Laurie were there as coaches. So, But you know who's another person I put, put as a bench utility role who I think is deserving is Gutho. Well, I agree. I think... Oh, so, so okay, so if you want to talk about New South Wales now, I, I can't believe Nathan Brown, Ryan Madison, Gutho didn't get considered and Campbell Graham... If you're going to pick Campbell Graham, surely Clint Gutherson's your 19th man. Clint Gutherson is your 19th man, not Campbell Graham. And Tariq Sims, I'm sorry. I think Nathan Brown and Ryan Madison's better than both, ta- both totally Tariq Sims. Totally agree with that. Don't understand that at all in any any way especially Nathan Brown okay Ryan Madison's been out with the concussion and all that sort of stuff and suspensions and whatnot but Nathan Brown and Clint Gutherson were there last year Nathan Brown should be there ahead of them and Paras winning most of their games I don't see the logic behind any of that and Gutherson instead of Whiten Gutherson's playing really well he just can't get into fullback because he's got Pappenheisen and Tedesco who's playing are both playing at superhuman levels and Tom Trebojevic like that's right so uh, you know I just I just think there's a bit of a Parison up there which I'm not happy about so and I, I just don't I just don't think Tarek Sims deserved to be picked anyway that was my view and the other person who's unlucky I think to miss out but that's because Ado Kazi is um, Alex Johnson oh, I don't uh, yes but I think Daniel Tupo is probably a bit more unlucky okay alright interesting there's three good because He's been there, side. done that. You know, anyway, I think I think AJ is a bit lucky to miss out. AJ and Tupo are probably both been playing pretty well. Yeah, Toro I agree. has been great. So I think you've got four wins. Well, you've got to where... give Toro a run. He's just so fearless, right? And you've got to reward the He's been the great. Form. Yeah. He's been great. I mean, if he didn't get picked this year, what do you have to do as a winger to yeah, get yeah, picked? That's the thing, right? So ask Nathan Blacklock. Probably bribe people, but anyway. well, and chalk to some extent as well. Yeah. Like, like Matty Johns got picked in that Australian team ahead of him, and I, I, yeah. I think if you ask Matty Johns now, he'd go, "I don't know how I got picked ahead of Anthony Mundine that year." But I don't think there's anything too contentious. The Tarek Sims one is probably the one that's kind of like, yeah, I don't really. agree with that at all. Anyway, we'll see how he goes. So, yep. so. For Queensland, Caelan Pongo is carrying an injury. Xavier Coates, Kurt Capewell yeah. and Dane Gagai are the centres. And yep. Val Holmes on the other bench. Do you have any arguments with the with that three-quarter line? Who else were they going to pick? Yeah, AJ Brinson is basically... Queensland, strangely, almost have their strongest team possible that they've picked anyway. I don't have an objection because I don't know who else would... There's no the one else, right? The only. Do you know what? I had a look and other than the superstar that is Corey Allen... The only other person who probably would should be eligible is actually Inari Tuala. Outside of that, they're literally they've picked their best players by miles. Because he's been so good on that right edge. But this is the, what I mean, for right? The Knights with his reads. Yeah, it's only Tuala who's got any of that attacking ability that's at that kind of level. That's it. The rest of them, that's their best team. Basically. What was he doing for the first try for Manly, Tuala? I mean, he was he was off with the fairies. So I have no objection to that. I actually, personally, I would play Tuala and move Capewell into the second row. No, I think I think that's a defensive play. I think Kurt Capewell did a job there. And I think the the job of a second row versus centre, we've just had this debate, I think similar. So I, I I'm okay it. with I it. it. I'm okay. I wouldn't have had Tuala. I think some of his defensive reads are horrific. Cam Munster. And Daily Cherry Evans. Yeah. Can't really argue with that. Christian Welsh, Harry Grant, and Tino. Don't think you can argue with that either. They're two or three of the best. No. But I actually think if Harry Grant's not fit, then Reed Marnie, well, Reed absolutely Marnie is ready to go. If he's not ready fit. to go, he yeah. is Origin class and ready. Yes. 
Yep. And playing out of his skin. Yes. He's been our and best he's... player this year. And he's ready to go. So they've got him there if Harry Grant can't play. So Well, I think Harry Reed Grant's Marnie's actually there. come out today and said that Reed Marnie's been the form booker in the comp, and he's right, along with the Braley brothers. Well, I agree. Back rows, Felici Kafusi and Dave Fafita, and Jay Arrow is the lock. Yep. The only argument there is whether Jaden Sewer came in for one of the edge back rowers, but I'm comfortable enough with that team. Is the only change I possibly would have made, I think their team's okay, is probably Tuala, and I would have shifted Capewell to place a Fafita, move Fafita to the bench. Right, I, I wouldn't have moved Fafita to the bench, and I wouldn't have had Tuala anywhere near an origin okay. team. So yep. AJ Brimson's on the bench, uh, which you can't really argue with. Um, Jaden Sewer, Fotoaieka, and oh, the only question around Fotoaieka was whether he did enough to, to start, but I think Tino and Christian Welsh are the better options they to start. Are. I think to have Mo on there for a you know ten or fifteen minute burst, he's still got that fitness to do that, and he's quite athletic and agile in the middle. I think he's a good bench player. He really is. Now the last spot goes to Joe Offahengawi. Get that one at all, but they don't have any depth, right? So it was Joe Offahengawi or Cohen yes, Hess. Cohen like, Hess. I, I, neither of them should be there. Neither of them should it. be there. And yes. Kyle Felt. I mean, how is Kyle Felt there? I love the uh, the, the justification for his, his selection. Uh, with 10 busts and four line breaks in a win over Newcastle, followed by a try-scoring <laughs> effort in the win over the Warriors. That's That was the justification. That, how about the 47 tries he lets in with his shit defence? How about that? That doesn't matter. And, and I thought Reed Marnie should have been in the 17. Well, if Harry Grant's injured, he will come in. So. He will. I've, look, I think Harry Grant is the pick at the moment, even though he said Reed Marnie's playing better. And Reed Marnie's been sensational. But at least Reed Marnie is there ready to go. It's not like they just left him off altogether. But I think that's probably the one, you know, place where it's a kind of, well, okay, you know, do you pick Harry or Reed Marnie? But when you're picking off a Hengawi and on the bench because you've got no one else, your lack of depth is pretty you, you have real lack of depth. I mean, I went through and I couldn't find anybody other than, like I said, moving Capel there and putting Tuala in or Opacic is probably the next best player that you could use. But he's been solid for the Eels. And Reese Walsh, maybe, I would have put instead of Kyle Felt to be quite honest, on that extended bench. He's a Queenslander. He is, he is, yeah. I, you know what, even if you weren't going to play him in the 17, it would have been a good experience to bring him into the squad, right? Yeah, there's that, and he's also winning games for the Warriors. So he's got some form, and to be honest, he, I can't see anything else. If everyone was at full strength, and this is more, again, another person on the extended bench is probably Corey Thompson, if he was fit. But that's it. Well, he's, he's hurt, they yeah. have no depth, man. Now, after this, you're talking about the Brenko Lees and the... You know, you're starting to really Philip Samis and stuff like that. I know they can play well for a game, but week to week, you don't know what you're going to get with some of these guys in the NRL. So, who knows? The depth isn't there anymore. Well, yeah, it's not there, but they managed to do it last year, right? End of season versus mid-season origins are different things. It's interesting, so we'll T, because the Queensland team at full strength is pretty good. It's one. It is pretty good. And and there's an argument on the spine. There's an argument, but Nathan Cleary is noticeably better than he was last year. He what he is. And there's that spine and everything else is great, but once they have any injuries, they have no depth at all. Zero. And I think Cody Walker sometimes modifies his game for origin. He does. I think Jerome Luai is young enough to not give a shit. I absolutely agree with that. I think Cody Walker should just play like Cody Walker in origin and he seems to pair himself back a little bit. Whereas what makes him good is he, he just reads and goes. He's just a magic player. In fairness to him, though, you can't attack Parramatta's right edge of Walla Blake. Blake. Hey, uh, he's probably going to look for Walla Blake in the <laughs> Queensland team. All right, I noticed Wonga Blake wasn't one of your starting centres for New South Wales. No, strangely not, he wasn't. And Corey Allen is on the fringe of the Queensland team, even though he's injured. 
I've got one more point. I want to ask you a question um, or actually make a comment and say, I think this sums up Peter Valandis, right? We spoke about this before, but Antonio Conte, who coached Inter Milan to the Serie A title, he actually tweeted out the following tweet. <laughs> which I thought was, oh, this It was quote. the greatest tweet ever. Now, this is exactly something that Peter Valandis would do. I really had to get everything out of myself. I dedicate this title to myself. This is the coach of Inter Milan. <laughs> Give himself all the credit and dedicating the title to himself and not his players. Now, Peter Valandis probably has Who a quote like that ready to, be to go. appointed the head yeah. of European football. I, Peter Valandis, really give credit to myself for challenging the press and the players and looking after player safety. I dedicate this rule change to myself. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> I, mean, I love it the way they say they say he saved the sport from extinction. No other sport went <laughs> extinct. Like, I mean, I what about when they say that about them. Uh, I love it, Peter. There's no other sport in the world that went extinct. Peter, save the koalas. They need you. Don't worry about the NRL. It'll be okay. It's just incredible. All right, well, that brings us to the close of another GNT show. Thank you once again for joining us. And thank you, G. You bought your. I think we were both fired up today, so we bought our A game. All right, I'll see you next week, T. See ya, bye. See ya.